Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey everybody, it's Sunday night. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Guess who's back? Family lawyer and divorce specialist Leanne Townsend is here. She is a partner at the law firm Rowdy Thorning LLP. Hello. Hello. She was on the show a few weeks ago and we covered divorce and all topics related. You can have a listen to that podcast directly on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Or you can check out any past episode on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Now, the holidays can be a very stressful time for many people, especially if um, your family is being torn apart. Today, we're talking about navigating the holidays after a separation. We're going to be uh, discussing things like custody arrangements over the holidays, setting boundaries and avoiding conflict, living under the same roof as an ex. Ooh, that could get nasty. That could. Gift giving and so much more. (laughs) Welcome back, Leanne. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Always love having you here. So let's start off with, um, you know, some of the common family law problems that you see a lot of during the holidays, man. Uh, Often it's arguments about children. So I think, you know, couples that are separated and it's their first Christmas, even if it's not their first Christmas um, or, you know, holidays generally, uh, there's a lot of arguing over who has the children on, you know, which days, is it Christmas Eve, is it Christmas Day? And, you know, breaking what have been historical family traditions. And so um, it's a really, it's a, it's a busy time in the family law world. And um, there's, you know, a lot of conflict and tension. So basically, one parent calls you, then the other parent calls you, or how do you deal with that? Uh, well, I mean, in, they're not going to come in together. No, no. Like they each would retain their own lawyers. Okay. Um, but, you know, if they're already in the throes of separation, they, you know, they probably already have lawyers involved. Um, and we always recommend that they. So what should custody arrangements look like over the holidays? Like what are the scheduling options? Who gets kids on Christmas, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, New Year's? How does that look like or how should it look like? Well, there's a variety of options. I mean, essentially, if, if people are, if a couple is in agreement, they can do almost anything. But this, the standard schedule that is often, you know, done by courts or presented as an option with family law lawyers is you alternate each year and you alternate, um, you know, one parent might have the children Christmas Eve till Christmas Day at noon and then the other one has them Christmas Day at noon until Boxing Day and then the following year it, it alternates to the other parent. Um, so there's lots of options and it also depends on, you know, sometimes parents have different religions. So you might have someone who celebrates Hanukkah, but they don't celebrate Christmas. And so that makes it a little easier because the days that are important to each parent are different. So it can be easier to work something out. Um, but the standard one is the alternating years. Um, and I can see the first year being completely depressing for the one parent that doesn't really get to see the child as much. Or the children as much. For sure. So what what about letting the children decide how how they want to spend the holidays? 
Well, I always say to parents that you're the parent and the child is the child. And obviously, as the child gets older, they are going to have more say. I mean, it's harder to tell a 16-year-old, you know, where they're spending Christmas or what they're doing generally. But at the end of the day, it's the parent's role to show the guidance and make the rules. So um, I always say that, you know, ideally, if the parents can come to an agreement on it, then likely the children are going to follow it as well. But where there's high conflict and the parents aren't agreeing, then older children do have some say and and can decide. Because some 16-year-olds can be quite rebellious. Yes, I mean, (laughs) Some 14-year-olds can be quite rebellious. Some (laughs) 12-year-olds. Right. So when do children have their own voice? Generally, there's no um, specific age, but generally as they hit their, you know, tween and for sure their teens, they have a voice. And again, it depends on the child. If they've got, you know, developmental delay issues and things like that, it's going to be different. But, you know, just sort of a regular kid, by the time they hit 12, um, he or she is is going to have some voice in, in the matter. So uh, how much in advance of the holidays should divorcing couples sort out the holiday schedule just to avoid any sort of problems? Well, I always recommend uh, like as far in advance as possible. I mean, um, well, we I know I have friends that book like a year out. I'm not booking a year out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard, right? You don't always know what you're doing. But uh, come September, I always find when the kids go back to school and the fall hits, that's the time when I always reach out to clients and, and say, you know, if, we, if you don't have your holiday schedule worked out, maybe we need to look at it now. Um, because as Christmas gets closer and closer, there's, you know, there's more tension, there's more stress, there's more anxiety. And so it it's, can be harder to work you out know, a schedule. It's so then. funny that one of the most beautifulest times of the year, and it's actually the most stressful time of year. It's that's true. It's it's I think it's for a lot gi- of people. I think it's the gift giving. I think it's it's overrated. Well, it's just all the running around and, yeah. you, you know, and you, it's, you've got it's really. Yeah. And it's something that I, you know, I tend to avoid. I just give people cash. People like kids like cash, especially. But I, I think love, most people I just, like cash. I love giving people cash. Here you go, mm. or a gift card. Beautiful. I run in, I run out. I'm done Christmas shopping in like two hours, I do and I don't online. have that <laughs> stress that everybody else has. Okay, what is the protocol when it comes to traveling with your kids over the break without your ex? What should that look like? Um, well, again, that's something for sure. If you if you have travel plans, you should get you know an agreement uh, and a schedule ironed out you know months in advance just just to be safe. You don't want to be buying travel tickets and plane tickets and all of that and and not have the consent of the other parent. But p- parents who are separated, the other parent has to sign a document giving permission for the parent to take them out of the country. Yeah, and don't use your kid against the other parent. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. On the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about navigating the holidays after a separation. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking about navigating the holidays after a separation with family lawyer and divorce specialist Leanne Townsend. Hello. Hello. Hi. So before the break, we were talking about uh, traveling with your kids over the break without your ex and what that should look like. I um, know somebody who's currently going through a similar situation where they want to take the kids away and the mom hates the girlfriend, right? So she's uh, she's pretty much saying, uh, kiboshing it. She's saying, no, the kids can't go. And I think that's just, I think it's hurting the kids because last year the kids didn't get to spend time with their dad 
during the holidays. And because of one day, she's not letting them go. And I think that's a horrible thing to do. What do you think? I agree. It is hurting the kids. At the end of the day, you know, it's good for kids to travel and have time with both parents. And I think if you take that approach, then you're also going to get it back at you. So, you know, if you share custody with the and you want to travel, generally you're going to need the, the consent of the other parents. So if you withhold Which is fine. it, yeah, but if, so if you withhold it on them, then you know what? When you want to take a trip, then maybe they're going to do the same thing. Well, and no, who's the, that hurting more? Okay, but what about the, the one parent has full custody though? Well, again, you're hurting the kids, but they have the right to do that, unfortunately. And um, I mean, uh, the other parent could take them to court. They could bring a motion and, you know, and then there's all the costs involved in that. Yeah, it's Um, not even worth it. No, there's not an easy solution for that. So you're used to seeing your kids every day. And then all of a sudden the holidays hit. And, And this one's quite different because they're not around this time of year or this time because last year they were how can we deal with the emotional trauma of not seeing our children over the holidays it's hard I mean it's one of the loneliest times for for parents not to be able to enjoy it with their children so I always say it's important to reach out to your friends and your family not to isolate to make sure you stay connected with people so that you're not just sitting at home missing your children feeling sorry for yourself and you know getting into a real funk so there's things you can do. Um, I mean, aside from just reaching out with family and friends, I mean, you could, you know, I always say volunteer. There's lots of places that need volunteers at Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great idea. And I'm shocked at how many people actually spend the holidays on their own. And they don't let people know that they're on their own. So if you don't let people know that you're on your own, then <laughs> nobody's going to invite you anywhere. That's so you true. really have to, you know, speak up. And let people know that, you know, people close to you that you're on your own and they'll probably invite you. For sure they will. And I mean, and some people don't want to be a third wheel or a fifth wheel. And, and I understand that too, because I'm in that situation. I'm divorced and I often spend Christmas dinner alone because, but, but but I like it. You know what? Because I have my kids. <laughs> Do you right want to up. come to my house? <laughs> but I, you know, and I get, I get invitations, but I actually, I have my children up until about 4 p.m. on Christmas day. And I've had, I have them Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. And so I'm good with that. They go spend time with their cousins and their aunts and their grandparents because my ex-husband has a large family. I don't have family here. So I find by the time that rolls around, I'm exhausted anyway from you're all like, the... See ya. Yeah, I'm like, see ya. They're like, but mom, you're going to be by yourself. No, and we're good. I'm we're like, good. no, it's like, I actually wanted. Put on your it. PJs, watch some Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Eat some popcorn, whatever. Exactly. But I mean, I certainly didn't feel that way the first time. I mean, that's, I'm at a, you know, over time, I think a, a person gets to that stage the first year and even the first few years, it, it's harder. Yeah. Now, what if your children ask if your spouse can come for Christmas dinner? How well, do you, that's a, how do you, you know, deal with that situation? That's a tough one. And no, <laughs> I can't stand your father. No, you well, can't don't do say that. that. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> being the devil's advocate. Uh, no, obviously you can't do that. But um, what do you suggest for that? Well, it's really fact dependent. So if you have a very amicable relationship, then there's no reason why you can't do that. As long as it's clear what the boundaries are and you're not, you know, setting your kids up to have an expectation that maybe this is a sign that mommy and daddy are getting back together. But if you have a situation where, you know, you have a a high conflict relationship or your partner or your ex-partner has been abusive and things like that, you don't need to feel like you owe it to your children to spend Christmas with this 
person who doesn't treat you very well. That's where the boundaries are important and making sure children understand that, you know, mom and dad aren't together anymore, but we love you and Christmas can still be a great experience. Now, okay, and I've seen this firsthand uh, and it's heart-wrenching. How do you deal with your kids asking you to get back with mommy or daddy? It's a tough one. But it I, is a tough one. But people need to be honest, right? Because, I mean, kids are smart and you need to be honest because otherwise you're going to break their trust. So. And be sensitive about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you want to be... Don't get upset with them. Don't get upset with them. Fault. No, exactly. They They don't understand. But you need to be honest. You don't want to sort of not be direct about it and, and get their hopes up. You need to be, you know, clear about it, but you can say it in a, in a soft way or a sensitive way and, and that's age appropriate. That's age appropriate? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you, you can tell a four-year-old, you're going to say, explain it to them differently than, or a two-year-old even, than you are a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old because the an older child is maybe going to have a better understanding, but a two-year-old or a four-year-old, they're, you know, you're going to have to make it very simple. I can see a child that's a little older, like maybe a 12-year-old, like a 14-year-old, maybe an eight-year-old, having a little bit more of a difficult time with it because I think as a young child, you're going to bounce back a lot quicker than you are when, you know, you're starting to understand that mommy or daddy are, are gone and they're not coming back. Well, not necessarily gone forever, but gone within that household. Yeah, the family unit as they know it is, you know, no longer. And and I, I think that separation is often harder on, you know, older kids, like two-year-olds and one-year-olds, like they don't really no. know any different. Um, so I think whereas kids who have all those memories of the family Christmas and doing, you know, things together as a family and losing those traditions when there's a separation, it, it's definitely, you know, very hard on them. Setting boundaries and avoiding conflict, that's what we're going to talk about when we come back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. <music> Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Topic of conversation on the Dating and Relationship Show today is navigating the holidays after a separation with family lawyer and divorce specialist Leanne Townsend. She's a partner at the law firm Rowdy Thorning LLP. And she's my friend. Yes. And I love having you in studio. You <laughs> are my go-to family lawyer for sure. Well, I'm honored. Um, so what advice can you offer us around setting boundaries with your ex? Uh, maybe some things that you will and won't do together. Well, boundaries are really important with an ex. I have to say that at, at the outset. It, it's super important whether your relationship is good or, or poor. Um, and you need to be obviously consistent with enforcing them. So um, it's important before you even have a conversation with your ex about, you know, scheduling and the holidays and things like that, that you're very clear in your own mind about what you want, what you, how you feel about spending time with them or not. And, um, you know, what your, your, your parameters are so that you can be solid and clear with them when you speak to them and you're not going to waver. What are some of these boundaries? Um, the boundaries about um, don't call at a certain time, that, especially well, that if you're would be in another an relationship. Of one. Don't call at a certain time, whether they're welcome in your inside your home or not, or whether they can show up unannounced. Do they need to, you know, give notice that they're coming over, be invited over, be invited in? Um, I mean, I've had situations with with clients where their ex is, you know, has still has a key, comes in, opens the fridge, oh. helps, you know, himself or herself to food, lies on the couch <laughs> and has a nap. But that's I mean, okay if she allows. 
allows it. Exactly. That's okay as long as she's good with it, right? Yes. That's if the that's thing. not her boundary, then that's fine. That, exactly. But yeah. it, you know, if if it's if it's bothering her and she's not saying anything, then she, you know, and I'm saying she, it could be reversed. But um, the, you know, then that person needs to set a boundary. Now we know that arguments. I mean, they're bo- they're just complete bogus. We want to avoid them at all costs. They cause uh, their negative energy. They cause disease in the body. They're not healthy for the kids, and the list goes on and on and on. So how can we avoid arguments with our ex-spouse, especially uh, during the holidays? That's hard. I mean, if your ex-spouse is, you know, uh, if somebody who you've got, is, who's a high-conflict type of personality, it is hard. So, I mean, the number one way is to minimize contact. I mean, if you've got someone who, an ex who you argue with a lot, then then don't see them face-to-face. Don't speak to them on the phone. Keep the contact, you know, to, to emailing and texting, and, and you're going to have less arguing going on. But what if they're always using that excuse that they need to contact you because of the kids? Well, then again, you, you, that's where the boundaries come in. And then you never in. know if it's if it's important or not, because if it's for the kids, you want to make sure you want to hear them out. But then it could be bogus every time. It could be. And I think that's where you get a sense. If you, you know, allow that to happen a few times and you're finding that it is bogus, then you've got to have that firm boundary around contact, that it's got to be through email or text or through, you know, some families use applica- apps called like fa- the Family Wizard, Our Family Wizard. Oh, There's, cool. And where it's like an online... Um, you know, app that's specifically for divorced and separated families, and they can communicate through that and make arrangements for scheduling and communication through that. And a lot of people like it too, because the con like what's going on is on there. So if they're if one person is being abusive, if a parenting coordinator or a lawyer or a mediator or somebody looks at it, they can see what's gone on and both parties know that. So usually they're, you know, a little more on on their best behavior. And um, it's a very efficient way for high conflict people to And to what, what is that app called again? Our Family Wizard. Okay, thank you for that. So let's talk about introducing a new partner to the mix. Mm-hmm. That's where things usually <laughs> get a little more conflict. Well, I suggest oriented. that if you just got separated, you probably don't introduce a new partner to the mix. <laughs> you wait a little while. Um, when is proper to introduce new partners in the Christmas festivities or any festivities for that matter, in your opinion? Again, I think it's fact specific. It depends on the ages of the children. Um, it depends how long you've been together. It depends on the nature of the relationship. I mean, you maybe have been seeing someone a while, but if it's just casual, you you probably don't need to involve them in the festivities at all. And I, yeah, I don't think that it should be the first time your children meet. No, I would agree with that. (laughs) You're setting it up for a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) That might not be too too great of a holiday for your children. No, and it's always about putting the children first too. You know, like if if you think, especially for the holidays, you you know, if you think bringing the new partner is going to, you know, make it upsetting for the children, you you have to really put a lot of importance on how they feel. And if you find a partner who is demanding that your kids take a back seat, which I've seen happen often. It's time to get a new partner. Exactly. I mean, that is a huge red flag, people, really. I, I agree. Your children are your number one priority. And just because you feel lonely and you think that you may have found love in another person, if this person isn't accepting of your children and that they need your undivided attention, at least, well, at least when they're a cert- up to a certain age, then they, they've They've got to go. I, I agree. They need to, to take a back seat and, you know, know their role and 
and, you know, respect that your children are number one and should be number one. And how do you know when it's comfortable with your children to bring the new partner to the celebration? That's a good question. Um, You know, part of it depends on your own relationship with your children and knowing your children. I mean, hopefully if you have a good relationship and you can communicate with them and they feel comfortable telling you honestly how they feel. I mean, that's the best situation. And you should probably not spring it on them the day before Christmas. You should have a conversation with them (laughs) (laughs) prior to that. I I would say yes. And and they may not want, like, especially if it's their first Christmas without the other parent, they may not want a new part. It's already a enough change for them in their traditions. They don't need to have a new partner also adding to the mix. We're going to talk about gift giving, what's appropriate, what's not. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we are discussing navigating the holidays after a separation with Leanne Townsend. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy holidays, everybody. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. My guest today is Leanne Townsend. She's a family lawyer and divorce specialist. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we were talking about introducing new partners in the mix. And thank you, Leanne, for some great uh, information there and advice. Now, uh, how can we, one more question around that, how can we make the children feel normal with the situation, assuming it's the first holiday after the separation? Well, I think that's really important. And part of that could be just continuing with some of the old traditions that that you had before. Don't change it all up. No, exactly. And the new person coming to town should not be making you change that. No, we, we definitely, that new person needs to know their role and, yeah. and not be... Take a back seat and stop being controlling. Things aren't happening your way. That's right. It's not about you. It's, you know, it's it's about the children. But it can't, if, if it's in their own home, then, then, I mean, their traditions stand. But if it's in... Yeah. Yeah. And, if it's in, but it's important. I think even if it's in a new partner's home, or you know that the the parent of the children incorporates some of the old traditions, make sure that children get to spend time with both of their parents and be respectful of that, and also make sure that extended family is included because the holidays are a time where you know a lot of children spend time with cousins and grandparents and aunts and uncles, and if that's been the the tradition, it's important that they still continue with some of that as well. All right, let's get into gift giving because we have so much to talk about here on the Dating and Relationship Show. So in most cases, the children want to buy their parent a gift. Do you help your child buy a gift for the other parent? How do we approach this? I think in an ideal world, um, you do. Uh, you, I, you know, I agree. You, you suck it up, whatever you feel about the other <laughs> parent. Though you hate them yeah. and you want to stab them and stuff. <laughs> okay, I guess um, <laughs> I can say that. But yeah, okay. But, but yeah, you help. You know, you you maybe have a, a budget, and and maybe each parent, maybe the parents agree on, hey, we'll spend you know fifty dollars or whatever amount it might be, um, on you know let the children pick something out for the other parent. And the other option is too. It doesn't always have to be about money. Maybe you make you help the children make something for the other parents or you know you buy some some crafts and things that they can work on to especially if they're young uh, you know to make something for the other parent but you want to because that's about the children the gift really has nothing to do with the other parent it's about the children feeling good that they've bought they've got or they've made something you know for their other parents and especially if you're very tight financially 
making something is ideal. Yes. Um, so, yeah, because let's just say that you're very tight financially, but your ex has lots of money and has lots of money for Christmas gifts and you don't. I can see this uh, being a problem because they're trying to win. Well, some parents do that. They try to win the affection of the children through what they can give them through gifts yeah. and so forth. No, that happens. And I mean, you that's where you have to remind yourself that, you know, it's, it isn't about money. And, you know, like, yes, you know, when one of the parents swoops in with all these expensive gifts for their, you know, your child and your child's all excited about it, it you know, maybe that's going to be hard to, to watch. But at the end of the day, I mean, children, they remember love, they remember, you know, se- they can remember sentimental things. It's not all about money. And so you give what you can in, in the way that you, you want and try not to let it, you know, make your blood boil that the other parent is flashing their money around because they can do so. What if your blood is boiling? What can we do? <laughs> Take a Xanax? <laughs> I don't know. Like, have a glass of wine? I don't know. Like, you know, you have to find a way to deal with it. Go um, vent to your friend. Go see a therapist. Go for a walk. You know, but don't... Drink ra- a don't, glass of wine, yeah. not a bottle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, don't say anything to your children. Don't make your children feel guilty that they're happy that their other parent gave them something that maybe was really expensive um you know let them enjoy it um deal with your feelings separate from your children and don't make a big big deal out of it don't call your ex and start yelling at them because no and don't refuse to have it in your your house or something yeah well and look at it this way at least you know if you have one uh partner or an ex that can afford all these things at least they're not hounding you for those things that's true. <laughs> yeah, look on that's, the bright that's like side. The, the glasses half full there without it. Yeah. <laughs> How about introducing new traditions with the children? Because uh, obviously that's going to happen. And I think that's important too. I think that that can be a way of putting a positive spin on the first, uh, you know, set of holidays post-separation is, you know, look, we're going to create some new traditions. And what what do you think would be, ask your children, what do you think would be a good tradition? Involve them, exactly. What does involving them do? It makes them feel, well, they embrace it more because they're a part of it. They feel a part of it. They've had a say. And I think it helps them get more excited about it that they were involved in coming up with the idea. Let's talk about tips for handling the holidays when you're separated, but ready for this one? You're still living in the same home. Yeah, that's a tough situation. Uh, And usually, doesn't one person live in the basement or something? I mean, I've never been through this. You'd be surprised. I mean, because like when I want you out, you're out. (laughs) You're out. Well, there's a lot of couples that you know are living together under the same roof because they're they're in the middle of negotiating all the separation details, and the matrimonial home is the biggest asset and they haven't decided yet what they're going to do with it. So they are in the same home. So again, if, if it's over the holidays, you're, you know, it's important to early on establish what the schedule is going to be and have the boundaries and, you know, let the children spend whatever designated days they're supposed to be with each parent with that parent and the other parent kind of get out of the way in the home or go out or go, I, you know. I want to continue with this conversation when we come back on the day and relationship show we're talking about navigating the holidays after separation and we're offering tips for handling um, the holidays when you are separated but still living with your ex in the same home Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> now 
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We are talking about navigating the holidays after separation with Leanne Townsend. She's a family lawyer and divorce specialist. Hello. Hello. So before the break, we were offering tips on uh, for handling the holidays when you're separated but still living in the same home as your ex. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I keep saying Because <laughs> that would just, I, I think that would be the ultimate worst, I think. It, yeah, Especially if you don't situation. get along with them and you're tiptoeing around them and you don't want to cause arguments because the kids are there. Uh, so some of the things that you mentioned were to be mindful of each other's space and mindful of each other's time with the kids. Yes. How about spending time together with the kids? Uh, if you can do it, um, you know. It's but, probably the best thing for the kids. Yeah, if you can do it, if you can decorate the tree together or, you know, do something together and not be arguing or not be, you know, muttering things under your breath about the other parent, then that is the ideal. If you can, you know, make sure that you really keep in mind to put your children first and, you know, engage in a positive behavior, you know, that's the ideal. If, and, but if, and if you can't do that, then don't do those things. But let, you know, let the other parent have their time, you have your time and keep out of each other's way. And I think if you've both decided that you are going to remain in the matrimonial home for the time being, that you do both make a conscious effort to get along or to try to get along or at least try to stay away from each other if you can't get along. Exactly. But keep... The arguing and the fighting to a minim- minimal because it's just not healthy for the kids. No, and it's not even healthy for, for, for you. you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's not going to add any, Exactly. It's not going to add any positive, you know, value to the holidays ex- if you're arguing. Yeah, it, it causes anxiety and stress. And we were talking about anxiety before we came here. And, you know, I, I, I CBD oil. <laughs> I always tell people that, but it really does work. I'm a big advocate of CBD oil. Yeah. It's really helped out my dog as well. I'm not saying uh, with stress, maybe not so much, but at least he gets a good night's sleep. So if you're not sleeping, you've got lots of anxiety, get rid of the Xanax, whatever that is, <laughs> and go get some CBD oil. You can get it at government store now. That's, that's true. Say it. All right, Leanne. What are your three top tips for minimizing conflict during the holidays? My first tip is to be organized and have like a schedule and a plan well in advance of the holidays so that that's clearly sorted out and there isn't going to be any last minute arguing. Uh, my second tip is put the children first. Make everything about what's best for your children and put them first. And, you know, that should help minimize conflict because you're focused on them and their happiness. And if your new partner can't understand that, get rid of them. We already determined that. And the third one is just remind yourself to be the bigger person. It's the holidays. It's a special time of year. Like you can, you know, badmouth your your ex to your friends or you can, you know, argue with them, you know, at other times. But, But try and just, you know, put on a positive face. And, and pick your battles. You don't have to argue about every little thing. You've got your schedule in place. You're putting your children first. Make the most of it and, and try and be positive. Great advice. Okay, one more question around uh, well, around family getting to see the kids. Like, how about extended 
family? Do they get to see the well, kids? Well, that's How does important. That work? I mean, it's important during the holidays that the kids have those relationships with with extended family and that they continue and they get and to not have... to change things that they were doing prior. Exactly, that's really important. Don't you don't need to upset every tradition that there was. Incorporate some of that and let them have time with their grandparents. And again, it's about them, and and it's really important to make sure that extended family are in their lives. Now, what are some tips on dealing with the emotional stress of the holidays after divorce? Because, I mean, divorce on its own or separation on its own is is stressful enough, especially when you have kids. So what are some tips on dealing with that emotional stress? Um, I think it's important, again, not to isolate. You want to make sure you have friends or... Um, you know, family members, not your kids, but, you know, people to talk to, even if a therapist or uh, a support group or something. I think it's really important not to isolate, um, you know, during the holidays. Um, and to a lot of self-care. You need to make sure that you're doing things, you know, whether it's exercise or a massage or, you know, just general things that are part of your regular uh, self-care routine, that you're keeping those things up because that'll help you feel better as well. And I always say this on the show, and I keep saying it because I'm a big advocate of working out. Yes, <laughs> It's and so important. Because I know that you've been through a complete, well, you had a complete makeover last year. And I see you on your Instagram exercising every morning. And it's a difficult thing to get started. Oh, it is. It's, and it's people very People always difficult. often use the excuse, well, I don't have time. Well, I don't have time. I don't have time. I was what up do you have at 4.30 this morning. You're a lawyer. Yeah, I was up I at 4.30 even... this morning at the gym for five. I'm working all day. And I, I, you make it work. And I do it because it's a stress reliever. It's an antidepressant. It, it's also, you know, it's just good for your health overall. And you need to do it. And it tricks your brain into th- making you think that you are thinner or healthier than you actually may be. Uh-huh. And it, it makes you feel good about go yourself, to the too. Gym. It's a confidence booster. Yeah, I'll, I'll look in the mirror before I go to the gym. And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll go to the gym. And then I look in the mirror. And I feel like I'm, you know, five pounds lighter. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think it affects what you eat the rest of the day too, because you know you've done something good for yourself, so you feel like you want to stay in that healthy mindset and and take care of your body. So it, it has all kinds of repercussions into other areas of your life as well. Next week's show, we're talking about mindfulness and meditation. Do you do any of that? I have. I've done meditation. I don't do it regularly. I'm, I'm just too... Again, that's almost like ha- working out at the gym. It's it, something that you have to make a conscious effort to do. Definitely. I mean, people who do it regularly swear by it. I, I've done it, but I've never you know gotten thoroughly into it. I find for me, exercise is at the top of my list. And then if I have time for other things, I'll fit them in, but I really want to make sure I've got the time for exercise. We're going to talk about improving your holidays after a divorce or a separation in a lonely scenario. Let's say you don't have kids. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm in studio today with family lawyer and divorce specialist Leanne Townsend. She is a partner at the law firm Browdy Thorning LLP here in Toronto. And she's a friend of mine. Well, we've become friends because she's a regular on the show and she's a lovely, lovely lady. Thank you. Back at (laughs) you. That makes a lot of (laughs) sense. So we need to listen to Leanne Townsend. 
Uh, and so, Leanne, I, well, my name's Laura Bellotta. I didn't mention that. <laughs> you guys don't know. Um, so let's talk about how to improve your holidays after a separation, or it could be a divorce, when you're in a lonely scenario. So not all of us have children. And I think it could probably be a little bit easier. Well, I'm not sure because I don't have children, but I would assume it's a little easier when you have children because then at least you have that comfort of having someone at home. Yeah, and you have a reason to like still get your Christmas tree or a reason to do, well, listen, you know, I, no, do those wait things. A sec. I don't have children and I have a Christmas tree. But that's why like I think it's good that you're doing that, but I think that when you have children you're 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 forced to almost because you don't want to let them down whereas if you're on your own I think a lot of people could find it easier to say, oh, you know what, I just don't feel like it. I'm not in the mood. I'm not going to do it. You know, whereas like you went out and did it, and then you, it probably makes you feel, you know, better that you did. So I think it, it's harder sometimes to push yourself when you don't have to do it for your children. It really just has to be for you. Yeah, and I think you need to look on the bright side of things and realize that, hey, you are now single again. And you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. You don't have children tying you down. You can take a trip. You could even go somewhere for the holidays. That's, you don't even yeah, have to be there. Idea. And the best way to learn about yourself is to travel by yourself. That's true. Take a holiday. And, and just learn spend time new, with yourself. Yeah, learn about new cultures. Um, and like, I, again, like I'm alone. I have a dog. But, you know, I'm alone for the holidays. <laughs> but, you know, I occupy my nights by cooking for friends because I love to cook. And that's that's one of my hobbies. Or I just, you know, last night I decorated my Christmas tree. Yeah, that's nice. Had some wine, put on some <laughs> tunes. Um, and just invite people over. But I love the fact that I'm able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I don't have anybody bothering me pestering me and that's the way you need to look at it and just think like if you're a sexual being you could have sex with whoever you want that's true and you don't have to you don't have to feel guilty you don't don't have have to report no just slap on a condom and you're ready to go (laughs) go swipe on (laughs) tinder and (laughs) and that's another thing over the holidays i mean these dating apps get quite quite busy well maybe not right now but as we get closer to christmas i mean that break Right? People have nothing really to do. They're sitting around lounging and people are on dating apps. So, hey, it might be a great opportunity to find somebody new or to go out on some dates. What do you think, Leanne? I think that's true. I mean, I think if, you know, again, like your online stuff makes it easy to connect with other people. If you are home and you're alone and you're bored or you're, you know, you think you might like to meet someone, it's it's easy to, you know, find someone to meet for a coffee. It's not or easy to find a great catch, though. <laughs> no, I, I would have I'm to sorry, agree with that. Leanne. <laughs> Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm with you on that. (laughs) And, you know, keep take things slow. People want instant gratification and they think, okay, I'm messaging with this guy or girl, whatever, and they want to meet instantly. And then they want this relationship to flourish into this amazing love connection. And those things take time. They do. Especially if you're looking for a meaningful relationship, you really need to take the time in order to get to know someone. And you're not going to know them overnight. So what the heck are you rushing for? That's true. And if you're afraid to be alone and there's some serious underlying, you have some serious underlying issues and you need to work on that. 
That's what I always say Like when people are going through a divorce or separation is they need to be alone for a period of time. You're not ready to be in another relationship. You need to heal and you need to rediscover who you are and, and work on yourself. And then you'll attract the kind of relationship you really want and deserve. Especially when you're in the best place possible in your life. Yes. And also guys and people, uh, volunteer. There's so many places uh, in the city that need your help. For Christmas, yes, for sure. Food and banks, all sorts of things. Volunteer your time. You might even meet someone who shares similar interests. Well, that's that's true as well. It's, it could be a good way to meet uh, someone who's you know kind and charitable and has similar interests. Okay, let's talk about advice on dating during the holidays. Ew, <laughs> my specialty. All right, do you want to start? Do, well, do you think that uh, I'm going to ask you a question? Okay. Um, you know, do you think it's a good time to meet people during the holidays? Um, Maybe not so much now, like prior to Christmas, because I know with matchmaking, it starts to slow down when I start setting people up on dates. A lot of people are not available. They're just too busy. But I think that break between Christmas and New Year's, and then I'm hosting this amazing New Year's party as well, which I'll tell you guys about. Go to that party. Go to that party. Uh, But definitely after the holidays is when things, the first couple of weeks of January, things really slow down for bars, clubs, everywhere. Like everybody's exhausted. They have no money left. Yeah, they're broke. <laughs> yeah, but uh, come the end of January, uh, dating really starts to pick up, and I'm telling you, it's booming. So be ready for that. What about Christmas presents? So you ha- do you get a Christmas present for yes. someone you're just I think dating that, for a little bit? I do. I I think that you need to give them something small, like a thought. But I don't think don't go overboard because you don't know how that person really feels about you, and you're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> you got them. Or you like could a, scare them away, maybe yeah. if it's a really Whoa, expensive okay, gift. Okay, exactly. Um, I think too. We 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 mentioned don't move too fast. Um, you know, ask yourself if you're actually ready to take a big step, or if, if it's just the that magic in the air getting you ahead of yourself. Because sometimes you know, get all excited with Christmas and oh, I want to introduce this person to the family. It's like oh, you know, don't get all overexcited. Um, don't invite or do invite your uh, date to other events as well. You can do that. Do wear red, ladies. Guys love a lady in red. <laughs> um, and what else? Uh, take advantage of all the festivities and parties that are happening at this time of year. It's a great time to get out because everybody's out there and, and everyone's feeling social and, and ready uh, to party. Yeah, exactly. All right, Leanne. Just in case, because we've got to go. Just in case somebody wants to get a hold of you, where can they do so? Uh, you, they have a website, uh, all, all my contact details are there. I'm also active on social media, uh, especially Instagram, Leanne Townsend Life, and also my firm, uh, Brody Thorning LLP. We have the website, b- www.btlegal.ca. And if you're single looking for an amazing party this holiday, check out singleinthecity.ca. I'm hosting uh, about 400 people. Wow. At Kelly's Landing in Toronto, a, a, amazing location, and it's going to be a great time. So check us out for tickets. Is Thank it all you. ages? Uh, no, no, uh, <laughs> twenty-five plus or twenty-three plus, all ages. Yeah, <laughs> ten-year-old. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in. Until next week, ciao for now.